by Riverside. What's going on? Episode 74 of the Backside Ground Ball Podcast. I've retired from trying to figure out what episode and number it is. If you're curious, scroll down to the bottom of the episode on wherever you listen to this at. It'll tell you, I promise. Trev, what's going on? Nothing much. We had a huge weekend where we apparently recorded 54 podcasts. Oh, episode um, 20, and, everyone. You know, we're, just, <laughs> we're producing content. That's what it's all about, getting content out to our, yeah, our listeners. Maybe if we were doing that good, then maybe we'd be in a better spot. But uh, here we are. Yeah. Did you enjoy uh, day one of the DSs? I did. I, I had the the Phillies Braves game on on mute because why? Yeah, we could say uh, because I was in class. Oh, no other that. reason it was actually the reason why. No, but I kept it on mute. What's for that the other, other reason? reason? Because oh, John Smoltz was on, John Smoltz. Well, was you on missed the, the most happy then, John Smoltz has ever been, which I'll get to when we break this game down. Yeah, why is that? Oh, do you want me to get into it now? No. Well, I was just going to say shout out to the Angier DMV. I had the quickest trip to the DMV I've Are ever had in my life. I walked officially in a North o'clock. Carolina resident. I was out of there. I, well, I've been a North you know Carolina I mean. resident. I had my license. Now I have a tag on my car that says I'm from North Carolina. So I have no more have Delaware you registered to vote? It took 20 minutes. Oh yeah, I registered to vote. Good, that's important. I'm, when's the deadline? Because that, that's important. I have no I idea. Should probably figure I that out. I didn't ask. I should probably lie. figure that out because uh, <laughs> it would November eighth. It's coming up here soon. Anyhow, anyway, yeah, that would be coming up here soon. <laughs> I had to check my watch to make sure the date was right. It's like, is it? Yeah, yeah it's I know it's crazy. Well, the thing about living down here that I've noticed is like it feels like early September outside of like it gets dark when it normally does in October. It was 75 degrees today. Yeah, it's cold in the morning, though. I but will it's like that 60, like it's, which feels cold. Back yeah, home in does. Delaware, it's it, been like 48 this degrees. Morning, I, this morning, it was uh, 48 was it? degrees when oh, I, okay. left. I left. I left my I left my house at 545, and it was a brisk 48 degrees. So I head to the Andrews DMV? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, well, don't go because right when I walked in, it was empty, and then it just got full. And I was like, so it's after four, but they they have DMVs everywhere. So like, the, it's a little different in North Carolina because they have a DMV in like every uh, town, and then but certain like you have to go to a certain town to get your license, and then you have to go to a different town to register your car. If that makes sense, doesn't. So like, I had to go to Fuquay Verena to get my driver's license, which I did that a couple of weeks ago and then had to go to Angier to get my plates and my car registered, which I, I went to like six times. And I walked in the DMV, you know, I go in there being like, I'm not going to get frustrated. Like, cause I, the average amount of time somebody goes to the DMV, I would put over under at at least probably set it at three and a half before you get accomplished yeah, what you need to for get sure. accomplished. Cause you just go in there and they're like, you need this. And you're like, did you have to, oh you need a power of attorney. To, did you have to I'm pass like, inspection to get registered? No, I did not. But my inspection's next oh. year. 
So, which my inspection was due in Delaware this year for whatever reason. They, I think they just were just like, screw it. Let's push it back a year. But I think that has something to do with how old my car yeah. is as well. I think it's less than 10 years. I don't think they have inspections on, on cars would be my guess for that nice. right away. Anyway, you want to talk some baseball? Sure. I'd love to talk about the DMV uh, all day. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners would love to hear stories of the DMV. <laughs> on the next episode, tune in and we'll talk about doing our taxes. <laughs> Do it. Turbo tax, and I just click next until I'm done. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So, yesterday, uh, four games, the first uh, game ones of all of the series tonight. The AL gets a night off, the NL plays, and then for some reason, I don't know why they're doing it like that, splitting it, I guess, to limit days off from a viewership standpoint. But now, Sunday, you could have game fives, and then Monday, you could have game fives instead of just having all the game fives on Sunday. It doesn't make much sense to me. Whatever, all four game ones were yesterday. And uh, we'll just go in order here. The the 107 game, the Phillies beat the Braves 7-6. to six. They continue to ride the momentum of the wild card series win against the Cardinals and the fact that they didn't clinch until October 3rd. Uh, they look like a pretty good baseball team right now, and the Braves looked flat. Um, I think was the yeah. the big thing, and as much as the Braves looked flat, I don't. I, I sh- I'm going to take that back. I'm sorry. The Braves didn't look flat. Max Fried looked flat. Max Fried looked like mm-hmm. I don't know. It, he just he had a clunker. Um, I know there's some people in Atlanta now who are starting to get a little bit frustrated with him in the playoffs. He had some struggles last year, of course, but he also had some success. I feel like I think they they don't see him as the playoff number one, which whatever that means. Um, but yeah, the Phillies came out and took advantage of Max Fried. They built a huge lead, seven-one. Ranger Suarez kind of equally is is bad, but he made the pitches when he needed to, unlike Fried. And the defense made the plays when he needed them to. And the Braves didn't come through in the clutch. And I don't, you know, a lot of people are like the five-day rest mattered. Uh, they were rusty. The Phillies have momentum. All the other wild card teams lost yesterday. So I don't really buy into that. I think Max Reed had a bad start, and the Phillies executed better than the Braves did, and that's simply what it came down to. Um, they built a 7-1 lead in the fifth, then the Braves made it 7-3, and then they got three in the ninth to make it 7-6. The Phillies needed 17 outs of their bullpen. And what's funny about the Phillies is they kind of continue to defy what us and everyone else is saying about how they can be successful. They continue to not hit home runs. They continue to play really good defense, put the ball in play, and then their bullpen goes out there and gets 17 outs and gets a win. If you told me at any point in this series the, the Phillies needed 17 outs from their bullpen, their starter went three and a third, I'd go, oh boy. <laughs> How bad did they lose would be would be my next question. Yeah, I think from from my perspective and just kind of looking back at the box scores of the the game ones of the series, I think the rest in the wild card momentum was worth about one or two runs in betting standards. Right. Let's just say so. Like I I believe it it was an advantage for those teams, but it was not the precedent. Like the Dodgers are four runs better than the Padres is what I'm trying to say, but the Padres only lost by two. Right. right? And, and just 
continued down that obviously we thought Houston was way better than the Mariners. They squeak one out there. So I just think the momentum of the games and and having that was only worth a couple of runs in the grand scheme of things. But obviously when you're dealing with margins of error, like the playoffs and in, you know, when it's that close, that's a victory, you know? And I think that you saw the Braves start to catch a little bit of their, you know, getting their feet under them late in that game. You know, Matt Olson has a big home run. It kind of, it leaves you with a queasy feeling about the Phillies bullpen. It's like, yeah, we, we got out of there. Right. But like we said in the preview podcast, like I know for a fact, everybody in that clubhouse thinks they're going to walk out of there and th- with right. three and out and sweep this thing. Cause you have Zach Wheeler who's supposed to go tonight. They're in a delay right now, but then you have Aaron Nola going whenever you, when you play again on Friday night in Philadelphia, it, you feel like you have the advantage. I was surprised to look today and see that the Braves are favored in a betting standpoint because like they have the, the Phillies have the pitching advantage. And, you know, I guess the only thing that you could say from a betting standpoint is the Braves haven't been swept all year. So they haven't lost three games in a row in a very long time. So I guess that would be the only reason there that I could see, like, you know, it's, it would be very surprising if this was the first time the Braves lost three games in a row. Yeah, it would be shocking. And the only thing, the only place where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that is, is a couple of things. As far as just the flatness, like the, the, the momentum factor for the wild card teams. Look at the, like, the Phillies got to Max Fried, who's been really good. I don't necessarily think that's just a momentum thing. Because Max, usually what stops momentum yeah starting pitchers who are aces same with the Mariners and Justin Verlander right and then on the flip side like the Yankees and and Guardians like I didn't see any flatness there I saw exactly a a, a series of two teams who actually played pretty clean games I mean Donaldson had the base running blunder and the Guardians you know that's their bats that's their offense and when you're facing an arm like Garrett Cole I don't expect them to score and the thing that I I, like the Braves too like People, yes, they gained some momentum in the ninth by finally breaking through, but they loaded the bases in the first. They loaded the bases in the third. That was bad. Like, so it wasn't even necessarily that, like, Acuna comes out in the first at-bat of the series, he rips a double down the line. So it's not even necessarily yeah. like, oh, they were sleepwalking. No, like, they got punched in the mouth for two in the top of the first, which, again, it was Max Reed getting too much of the plate. But then the offense came out and was like, let's tie it up. They had an opportunity to tie it up. And William Contreras gets a 3-2 breaking ball and, and – and jams himself on it. He was so far out in front, he ended up jamming himself on it, where if he's more on time, he opens up and, and probably hooks that thing because it wasn't that great of a pitch. But I just think that it was less about that and it was more about that this Phillies team's playing really good in that game. And right now, they're they're confident. Like, that's where I'll, I'll say the, mo- the wild card played a factor in yesterday's game, is the Phillies are so confident. They think they can beat anybody right now. And... The reason that you're not panicked as a Braves fan is the fact you haven't been swept all year. You won 101 games. You won the the World Series last year. Last year, Corbin Burns beat you in game one of the NLDS, and you rattle off three in a row. You know, the difference being that you just lost home field advantage, and, and the Phillies are now 36-35 and 35 against the Braves in their last 71 games. So the Phillies aren't scared of them, but the Braves aren't scared of the Phillies. You know, I don't think that... I think this series, like we said, I think this has this, the, the potential to be a long series and be body blows back and forth. Um, and for the Phillies, yeah, this is a, this is big to get to steal that game on the road and have your best two pitchers lined up to go games two and three. 
The Braves aren't sure who's pitching in Game 3 yet. Both have had their issues in, in Morton and Strider. Um, but it's so funny because, again, like if, if you were talking about maybe any other team other than Braves or the Dodgers or the Astros, I would guess, you would be like, oh, man, like the door's open. The Phillies, like, the Phillies have the, the edge. I feel like it's less about that. Now it's just like, okay, this won't, the Phillies aren't going to get swept is all that, that meant. All that win yesterday meant is the Phillies aren't getting swept. Yeah, like I've been saying, there's still an avenue. I still fully expect the Braves to win because it's like, oh, man, you beat Mac. Okay, well, we're going to send Kyle Wright out there. We haven't lost a, a start by Kyle Wright since, what, June? I get <laughs> They're still just so good, and that lineup is so deep. Dansby Swanson isn't going to strike out four times every game. He has rough numbers against Zach he Wheeler, does. so he might strike out four times tonight, but he'll he'll get his eventually. And, you know, I just think from the standpoint of – I would say the Braves came out good and they played – their offense played fine, but it was like almost like right. execution. Yeah, they got out-executed. Like, out-executed, which you could – relate to rest and and taking time off and not live reps right and just being like when you have when William Contreras hasn't been in that situation in five days and you're trying to get on time for 95 and on your hands or or something like that and get it to the pool side and and execute in that situation it's like your margin for error is literally you know microscopic thin so it's like the difference between that adrenaline that the Phillies are used to, right. like that moment early in the game where it's like, dude, we've been here. You know, we got shut out by Jose Quintana like for six innings and we still came back. We know we can do it. Whereas the Braves, you strand a bases loaded once. It's like, all right, boys, we're going to get to them. You strand them twice. It's like, come on, boys, let's figure it out. You strand it, you know, you put that many runners on base and Ranger Suarez walks six guys and he's basically gift wrapping you run scored it's like it comes to a head at some point where the pressure of the playoffs and the moment starts to be it's less about we've seen ourselves like the phillies we've seen ourselves put a six run spot on in one inning and just flip a game on its head and the braves are starting to go in the fifth sixth innings turning around and they're feeling like they're getting traction and they're feeling like they're getting traffic and runners on base and everything of that nature and they see nothing going up on the scoreboard you know in June, July, that meant that would mean nothing. Oh, we got one tomorrow. Now you're starting, especially with some young guys that you're expecting to produce, they're starting to grip the bat a little bit tighter. They're starting to, you know, sweat a little more in the on deck circle. It's not just a, a cruise through, you know, Atlanta through Peachtree City and, and just on their golf cart, just hanging out. You know, there's a lot more pressure to execute in those moments. And I, I think that would be part of the difference too, up, up to this point in, in yesterday's game. Like you said, they got out executed. The, the Phillies made just as many mistakes. Ranger Suarez made just as many mistakes as Max Freed. But what did the Phillies do that the Braves yeah, they did came not? Up with big hits, they executed right. when they needed big hits. And it was like, you know, jo- Nick Castellanos, dunks a bloop in there it's like dude that in the playoffs that's all that all counts then he goes off the wall and you're like oh nick castellanos is is feeling himself and it's and it's just a continuous you know they are able to stack those things and stack and put and that's what puts runs on the board you know at the end of the day that's what 
puts runs on the board. But, you know, from a Braves perspective, they're sitting there going, hey, like, you know, once you get to the fifth, sixth inning, when you're not scoring those runs, you you obviously put a lot of pressure on, on yourselves. And, and you don't have a Freddie Freeman to go out there and kind of put together like an elite, just, just major league at bat. And next thing you know, he's hitting a base clearing double. You know, and they're going to need somebody to step up and do that. I mean, Olsen had the big home run late. You know, Acuna obviously hits at the top of their order. Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson didn't have their best games yesterday. Like, who's going to be that guy to kind of step up in that situation? It's going to be what they kind of have to figure out. Well, and I think, again, like, I agree with everything you said there. It's like the Phillies out executed, the Phillies were the better team yesterday. I just don't like, especially in the playoffs, giving, quantifying that by saying, well, the Braves had five days off. The Phillies have momentum. It's like, no, because this is a playoff. Like, you don't yeah. think those guys won. A lot of those, how many, like a good portion of those guys went on a World Series run last year. Right? So they played tons of playoff games last year. They know what it's going to be about. They know what's going on. Like, I, I don't like attributing it to that necessarily. I agree. They out-executed them. Ranger Suarez was gift-wrapping them opportunities. They didn't come through with the hit. The Phillies did. And a lot of times, that's what it's going to take. Now, you ne- if you're the Braves, yep. like, that should be the focus. It's like, guys, we're there. We just need someone, like you said, to step up. And I need to see someone outside of the top five to step up and, and be a little better. Yesterday, the bottom of their order gave them absolutely nothing. Even when, you know, Suarez was getting into trouble, it was never with the bottom of the order. Right, like he 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 cruised yeah. through Harris and Grossman and Orlando Arcia, who was had some interesting um, theatrics yesterday. But I, I just don't like you know when you look at the Phillies team, like well you know Matt Veerling you know hit a line drive and laid down a perfectly executed sack bunt. Gene Segura, who's in the seven hole, has an RBI single and a leadoff double. Uh, you know, those guys, and Mundo Sosa has a double. Mundo Sosa has a sack fly. So there's guys at the bottom of the Phillies order, too. Like, yeah, well, Harper's on base f- four times. Uh, Castellanos, as you mentioned, has three hits and three RBIs. But the bottom of the order also did something. The Braves' bottom of the order didn't do anything. And some of those guys in the middle yeah. didn't come up with a clutch hit. And it also hurts when Riley and, and Swanson are, are over. So when you look at it, it's like, I don't know if I can attribute that to rest more so than, again, the Phillies just executed better. And, you know, the Phillies are doing it. Yeah. They're finding a way to win right now. And I think, to me, this is such a good microcosm right now of, of the, the war in baseball between analytics and non-analytics. Um, because, of course, I get on the phone with my dad yesterday and, like, we barely started talking about the game. He had called me, and the, one of the first things he says is, well, I guess analytics don't matter after that win. I was like, I, I don't understand what you mean. He's like, well, I guess analytics don't win. Look how they won the game. I was like, I still have no clue what you're talking about. Analytics had nothing to do with this, and it like, really made me mad because it's like, again, analytics are there to just give helpful information. They're, they're guardrails, guardrails. They're, they're guides. guides. And when, if you go about analytics with the right frame of mind, and I hate using the word analytics. If you use information properly in any walk of life, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether it's building a freaking business, whether it's, I don't know, cooking, right? If I know that a steak is best prepared at this temperature, Guess what? I'm going to get out a thermometer and stick it in the friggin' steak when I'm cooking it. And that's analytics. That information I'm using analytically at what do you have any idea? It was 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Steak is medium rare. 
Guess what I'm gonna do, Trevor? Not medium rare. You, got, but, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? You like, right? Uh, you know what? I can't stand new age cooking. You people put timers on your ovens. I don't. You guys listen to a recipe. It's analytics. Go out back, make a fire yeah. in your backyard, hunt and gather, skin your food, and cook it. Because I don't buy into analytics. No. There's more information about how to cook things properly. There's things like kitchen timers. That's all it is. So, again, I understand that people don't want the game to be played based off numbers. But when you have information that is provided to you that can give you a leg up, you're going to use that in every walk of life. So, in baseball, like, it doesn't matter. And, again, the the war on offense of, like – and, you know, my brother always – Talks about how it's, well, it's just the three true outcomes. I hate the three true outcomes. Okay, I get that. You don't like when people strike out and hit home runs. Fine. Fine. You don't like it or walks. I get that. But here's some facts that you can't change. There's more walks right now because guys throw harder. Because when you throw harder, you have more of a room for air. We sat here and why have we been talking about Zach Eflin not having closer stuff? Because he throws 92 with sink and relies on command. It's harder to command a baseball than it is to throw it hard. But I can miss Sir Anthony Dominguez with 101 down the – I mean, Jose Alvarado came in yesterday and was splitting the plate with his fastball, and he didn't get touched. He throws 101, 102. Yep. So, like, I understand – but, like, the walks are up because guys throw harder. And the home run thing, like, there's just more production in the long ball. I'm sorry. And, like, again, last year teams were 2-17 and 17 when they didn't homer in the postseason. The Phillies are doing this, and it's a little bit – I don't want to say it's lucky, but it, it's not common. They're going to need the long ball if they're going to continue in the tournament. No. And that's just a fact. So, I, again, I'll tie this in. Like, John Smoltz was loving life yesterday because the Phillies were putting the ball in play and getting a run in. I think the fifth, his favorite inning that he's ever called was when Segura leads off with a double, Matt Veerling bunts, and Amendu Sosa immediately hits a sack fly. Like He was just so fired up. I mean, he was like, this is just – and like, yeah, that is yeah. good baseball. But the thing that made me laugh was like Gene Segura had to hit a double for any of that to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, and this is this is the difference, and this is what people don't understand. Is I mean I I have a freaking seventy pound package to unpack from what you just said because we're all over the place. We're talking about Sorry. recipes, which was just a great analogy, <laughs> by the way. I loved it. I was all over that. But let me tell you, from somebody who studied and looked at analytics for offensive production, the difference is in the playoffs. You play for right. one run. You have a leadoff double in the regular season in the vacuum of baseball on as a whole. You're always playing for the one swing of the bat that that can produce multiple runs, right? But when Matt Veerling is up to bat, the run probability metrics are going to tell you that a sacrifice bunt is more likely to impact that one run from getting in than Matt taking the chance of Matt Veerling trying to execute what you right, need to do. Right, because he's a below average major league offensive player. Below, exactly. So the analytics, I would guarantee from a run pop, they, they tell you, you know, in a good, this is the preface, in a good lineup, you should never sacrifice bunt because you should never waste Right, which out. is why the Atlanta Braves don't. But Matt Veerling is not in, which is why the Atlanta Braves don't. Matt Veerling is not a part of a good lineup per se because of his value, right? He's he a below average big leaguer. He, he, he provides the value, value on the right. base pass. He 
He yeah, exactly. So when you look at run probability metrics, when you have Matt Veerling followed by Edmundo Sosa, is it Edmundo? Yeah. Edmundo Sosa, your run probabilities are cut by a third if you allow them to swing the bat. You simplify the game and play for that one run in that situation with the with the ingredients that you have in front of you, and the analytics is going to tell you you're lucky you got a leadoff double by Gene Segura because Gene Segura probably had less than 20 on the year. And his value in terms of how much he can produce on a base is about a single. And then if you're lucky, he'll he'll run himself into second base and, and maybe get himself in a scoring position. But anytime you get a leadoff runner on second base, the goal should the goal is always to get to runner to third before two outs and runner to second in zero or two outs. Right. That is the analytics screams. If you can get runners to second with zero or two outs, that's why you should always steal with two outs. That's why you should always stretch a single into a double with two outs. That's why you should always be trying to get there with two outs with zero or two outs. You want to get to second base. That should be your goal with one out. You need to get to third base. And that's what they did. The analytics scream, scream. Matt Veerling needs the bunt, and that means all you need Sosa to do is to hit a sacrifice fly or ground out, and you have a run scored because you're only playing for that one run. But when you're the Braves and you're eight nine, you're seven eight nine, it are is supposed to be Vaughn Grissom, Michael Harris, and Robbie Grossman. What can each one of those guys do? Maybe not hit the home run. Michael Harris can is probably Michael Harris can definitely hit the home run. Grossman had twenty bombs last year, but they can hit a double, right? So when that runner gets on second, and you have you have Vaughn Grisham followed by Michael Harris followed by Robbie Grossman, you don't bunt that guy because your run probabilities are not cut in a third because it's not Matt Veerling and it's not Edmundo Sosa. So it's it's such an in depth conversation that. On the surface, it looks like oh, we're just sacrifice bunting and we're bringing the you know bringing it back. But if it was at the top of the order, it wouldn't make sense. Or if you had the ingredients that the Braves or the Dodgers have, you wouldn't bunt. But you're just working with what you have, and that's why you need to bunt in that situation. That's why I agree with the bunt in that situation. Right, and again, I think that a lot of people's problems with when we start talking about you know, run probability. And when we start talking about things like, you know, average exit velocity, which, you know, obviously just drives people up a wall. It's been misused by people, but that has nothing to do with the information has everything to do with the people who are in charge of using the information. Right. Like, again, if if I'm cooking a meal and I don't, use the recipe, follow the recipe properly or use any of the other cooking information that I need to make that meal, then it's about me. It's not about, that doesn't make the recipe bad. That makes me a bad cook. If you use the information wrong, that makes you a bad coach. That doesn't make the information bad. And instead, it's a war against information. So anytime anyone ever wants to use it or talk about it or bring it up, then it just becomes this debate about about those things, and it's all and it's just been generalized so much in, in the three true outcomes, and all guys call oh, and out strikeouts and out right because someone down the road said a strikeout's just another out right somewhere along the way, and where in reality it's case by case. Sometimes a strike, it, no outs, nobody on. 
There's no difference between a 4-3 and a K. Nothing. Okay. Not at the professional level. Not at the level. professional level. At the level. Division 2, sure. Division 3 sure. level, there's, sure. it could hit a well, rock. Sure, but at the professional level, right. And then, <laughs> at the however, professional level, yep. with one out and a runner on third, early in the game with the infield playing back, a 4-3 and a strikeout aren't equal. Mm-mm. Understood. But strikeouts are going to... Strikeouts... It, this hasn't become about people not caring about strikeouts and guys trying to strike out like, oh, I'll strike out more. That's fine. John Smoltz has nothing to do with Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber did not go, I'm going to strike out more and hit 218 with 46 pumps. No. Kyle Schwarber's the same hitter he's always been. Matter of fact, I think he's a better hitter than he's always been because he has 46 pumps. And matter he's of fact, I would hitter. say that his injury when he was with the Cubs has played more into the fact that he strikes out more and hits for less of an average. But that's a story for a different day, right? No one said that. The difference is that you have starting pitchers going out there who tonight Zach Wheeler's going to sit 96 to 98. Justin Verlander yesterday was 96 to 98, right? Garrett Cole was 96 to 98. That's the difference. Because when you look at it, you want to talk about Ranger Suarez, right? Ranger Suarez was getting touched a little bit. He's 93. They brought in Jesse Chavez. I know it's one of John Smoltz's favorite people because he doesn't strike anyone out. Well, guess what? They only brought him in because they were bleeding and they were trying not to bring in their best arms out of the pen. Because the Phillies made it look awfully easy to put contact. Like that inning that John Smoltz was obsessed with came against Jesse Chavez. Which is why a guy like Edmundo Sosa was so easy for him to hit a sack fly. Because Chavez had no shot of punching him out. Not like, yeah, so that's why people strike out more. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that we're just like, oh, we're up there and like, oh, I'm fine striking out because guys who strike out 200 times a year would love it if they only struck out 120. But guys are trying to hit the ball hard, which I guarantee you, everyone who has this war against all these numbers and the information that's used today, when they go coach their stupid little league team that their son, who's probably awful at baseball is, they tell them, hit it hard somewhere. Oh, you mean you want him to have good exit velocity? You anal- No wonder your son stinks at baseball and your Little League team can't win. Because all you care about is exit velocity. You've told every kid that's gone up there to hit it hard somewhere. All you care about is exit velocity. Like That's what drives me nuts. That's what will always drive me nuts about this conversation. Is the fact that we talk about it. Like, sorry if it's hard for you to understand and you don't want to. So don't. Shut your mind off to it. Don't pay attention to the analytics of things. And guess what? This is a conversation for the offseason. The shift next year is not going to accomplish what everyone – banning the shift next year is not going to accomplish what everyone is, is, is just dreaming about happening. Okay? Because, Trevor, that's not going to mean there's more contact hitters in the game of baseball. It's not. It's not. Mm-mm. It's not. It will never mean that. Contact hitters yeah. – True, con- Brandon Nimmo doesn't get shifted. Brandon Nimmo does not get shifted. He's a contact hitter. Jeff McNeil doesn't really get shifted. It's a contact hitter. All it's going to mean is the guys who you're trying to affect and get to hit less home runs are just going to get paid more money because now, yeah, now Kyle Schwarber is going to hit 250 with 46 pumps next year because now when he rolls over and yep. misses, it's a hit. Bryce Harper is going to be even better than he he's misses been. at 110. Right. Bryce Harper is going to miss. And now he's Bryce Harper is going to hit 330. But he's still going to hit 35 to 40. He's just now, 
And he's still going to want to hit. Right. He's not changing anything. The ground outs are now just singles. No. Which is going to make his life better. So if you're trying to create more offense, great. But I think there's a lot of people who are pumping their fists because now we're going to get more contact hitters when that is absolutely not the case. Absolutely not the case. 100%. Anyway. No, it's it's not going to. It's actually going to help power. 100%. Strike out a ton. And, gr- and, only, ground, and the left-handed like hitters not, who lose not, 70, not 75, but the left-handed hitters who lose 25 hits a year to the second yep. baseman in right field, Jordan Alvarez, uh, Matt Olson, uh, a bunch of guys that we're seeing in the playoffs, right? Anthony Rizzo. They are not. They now have singles. Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Anthony Rizzo is going to be like Kyle Schwarber. You know, like, the list goes on. Max Muncy Max leads Muncy. the league and, and sure. hits taken away from him in his worst year. And it's like... It's those guys. Like it is. And all those of those guys, guys are like, still gonna hit thirty pumps. Yep. Thirty pumps and they're not and they're not gonna no, change their approach. They're just gonna feel when a they lot miss, more comfortable when they, because right. they're gonna when they be miss able, and yep. they get on top mm-hmm. and hit the ball ninety eight into the ground, they have themselves knocked, which is good. I'm all for that. I'm just saying. I love right. that. Yeah. Um sorry. Wow. Not where I had us going tonight, but that's what makes this so much fun. So anyway, the, the Phillies hold on. They're in a great spot. Like I said, I mean, I always thought there was an avenue for them winning the series. Now I think there's even more of an avenue, obviously, because you just swung home field advantage. But make no mistake about it. This series is far, far from over. The Braves aren't worried. You know, I thought the Braves had more pressure coming in just because of it, but I think the Atlanta Braves are built to handle the pressure. I think the Atlanta Braves are good enough. Now, if if they lose tonight, obviously, then that's a different story. But you know, we'll wait till soon that happens. Um, I mean, let me ask you this: Do you think, like, I mean, I I think they split the next two starts, right? Like, you don't think the Braves are beating both Wheeler and No, I think they beat they split the next well. No, I don't so necessarily the think they. I don't position. think they necessarily split the next two starts. I don't. I think the Braves are okay. in trouble if they lose tonight. Yeah, it's not. If a the Braves lose tonight, yeah. then I well, almost yeah, say I mean, they're done. It's game over. But just and I'm using I, I, some. You know, yeah. that's more me speaking with my heart than I probably should. The reason I say that is the Braves go to Philadelphia down 0-2. They don't know if they ha- like Morton and Strider are both question marks. You have the first game in Philadelphia. In eleven year playoff game in Philadelphia in eleven years with Aaron Nola headed to the mound with a chance to clinch the DS again he's gone you know he's he's gone uh, thir- thirteen innings thirteen and two thirds in the last two starts both clinch opportunities and hasn't allowed a run I just think that like okay that you're in, like it, this would be they would be in serious serious trouble. Do I think that there's a possibility they yeah. split the two starts anyway and the Phillies are up 2-1 after a Game 3 win? Yes. But again, that then goes back to who do the Phillies have in Game 4 and 5, which is why I'm still not worried if I'm the Braves. Yeah. that's And that's that was kind of my point, is I think the probability of them splitting either, like losing either of these games are equal. And so whether they lose tonight or whether they lose tomorrow or Friday in Philadelphia, I think they're both. Like, like to me, I, I would be very – like, I think the Braves are going to be in the same position whether they lose tonight or lose game three because then the, you're still 2-1 and all the Phillies have to do is sure, one by you. you yes, but saying? my point is is if you're down 2-0 and it's Nola yes. going to the mound no, at home, yeah. it's different than being down 2-1 yep. after a loss game three with, with Ranger Suarez coming back who couldn't get 
12 outs, he can only get 10, and then who knows in Game 5. Yeah. Or even Bailey Falter in Game 4, right? Like, come on. Atlanta's licking their chops as soon as Bailey – like, that's going to potentially be a bullpen game, and then you have to run it back with Suarez and hope maybe you can use – like, that. then we'll get, it'll get weird in Game 5, which is, always happens. Yep. The Phillies are in a, a much better spot than they were to start yesterday. I just don't think the Braves are that much worse off than they were yesterday unless they lose tonight. And then when you lose tonight, I mean, now your back's against the I wall. Th- I and think you're, unless they, they'd be, they, I would then say I think they're stunned a little bit if they if they're going on, getting on that plane down 2-0. Yeah, I, I think all they they have to do is win one of these next two, and I right, you know, I still think they have if a they very win good one chance. of the next two, very good two, yeah. If it gets again, if it goes, which is kind of what we've been saying, right? Is if this series goes past three, the Phillies are kind of in trouble. It's what we said in the last round, and I think I said unless the Phillies. Can you sweep, imagine? Yeah. Can I? Could you imagine if they sweep and then it's like this team has not been dominant, but they're five. This would be one of the more shocking posts if they sweep. You know, again, if it gets to Game Five and they yeah. win, anything can happen. But if they're five and zero oh and they're sitting waiting for the Dodgers in the in the CS, like it would be one of the more shocking playoff runs we've ever seen. Is that safe to say that? Because it's just like, because I mean, yes. Not many people thought they'd go to St. Louis and win. They've been on the road for 17 days. They had a 10 game road trip before to end the regular season. Then they went to St. Louis. Now they're in Atlanta. So it's just there's so much stacked against them. And again, I will be utterly shocked. I, I the Braves are going to win tonight. Would be my prediction. Whenever they get this game in, for whatever reason, the Braves are a much better night team. Mother Nature has now helped them into the night game. Night games at Truist have been a nightmare. It's a house of horrors for the Phillies. Especially with that bullpen coming out, the lights off. Right. Like, this is this is the yeah, – your hope is – Zach Eflin trips over the <laughs> Well, the I lip. think now that they've seen Sir Anthony go – you know, he went two innings yesterday and was just, I mean, 18 pitches and just knife through butter through the top six of Atlanta's order. I don't think Zach – you'll see Zach Eflin in the ninth anymore. Which he did. He got the job done every time. And credit to him. No one's talking about this. Everyone wants. You know, not many people would notice this. But something that I was super impressed with yesterday, especially on the road in a playoff environment, is Zach Leflin gets goes single, single, first and third amounts, punch out, three run bomb to make it seven six. The chops going. The place is going nuts. They think they have him. He didn't throw a ball to the next two hitters and wins the game. That's impressive. That is like credit where it's yeah, due. He doesn't have closer is. stuff, and he, he's he's a little bit overmatched in the ninth inning. I think he's going to do well sixth, seventh inning. Maybe get six outs for him now. That should be his role moving forward. But the fact that that moment is his first, you know, this is his first rodeo in the playoffs. For that moment to be to, ha- to have that happen to you, and then to not leave the zone to be like, yeah, right back in it. That's to me. That's really, really impressive. It is. That's fair. Um, let's go to the uh, the next game of the day. Yesterday was uh, a classic. It was upsetting for me in my fandom, but it was it was a classic. I mean, the Mariners <laughs> jump all over Justin Verlander. They score um, four runs in the first two innings. They're up four nothing. The Astros punch back, and you're like, okay, this game's going to change. It's going to flip on its head here. It's now, you know, Jordan gets a huge two-run double, and it's now all of a sudden a 4-2 game. They cut the lead in half. 
and you're like, all right, here come the Strohs. And then what, what do they do? They put up two more on Verlander. Four innings, ten hits, six runs. Just got rocked, essentially, by a Mariners lineup. You know, and now all of a sudden you're talking about a 6-2 to two lead, 6-3. Then they get another one at 7-3. They're cruising, and then here come the Astros. They get two in the eighth on a Bregman bomb. And then the ninth inning rolls around. And before we talk about the ninth inning, how surprised were you at just kind of how the Mariners jumped, jumped them? Yeah, I mean – Definitely caught off guard um, looking at the bot, especially jumping Justin Verlander. You know, I hate, I hate to do this in hindsight, but you know, Verlander's stuff hasn't been as crisp this year, right? Plain and simple. He's coming off the injury. He's old. I know he's competing for a Cy Young, everything that goes into that, but his, his stuff just hasn't been as elite as it was pre-injury, which is normal. He's 39 years old. So, you know, kind of, I, I hate to be like, oh, I was waiting for the day that he got blown up. But like, you know, there was a part of me that was like, okay, like Justin Verlander's human again. You know, he's starting to, you know, make mistakes. It, it was just crazy that it came now. It was crazy that the Mariners did it. It's crazy that the Mariners have done what they've done up to this point. You know, just the momentum that they're carrying, the fun that they're having, just everything about that team is just so unique and special. And you know, so that's what startled me more than anything was just like, holy crap, like this team is still doing it, right? Like I, I just feel like, and and I think after the game, I feel pretty similar to this, but like I felt like the Astros were like the inevitable, right? It was like, yeah, sure, you've been cute, but like, but the Astros and like after the game, you know, as I'm sitting there midway, I'm like, maybe this team isn't invincible. And then of course, like, I hate to say like team of destiny because they're not, and there's no way to predict that now, but like just what everything's going wrong with the Yankees and every injury you could imagine and every, every problem, Frankie Montas is down. DJ LeMay is down. Like all these guys are down. Guys are under Scotty like, and nothing. Yeah. Nothing has gone wrong for the Astros. And then you get, Lefty on lefty, Jordan Alvarez walk off three run home run down by two, and it was just like, yeah, this this Astros team has something going. You know what I'm saying? They have something going for them. It just seems like they're indestructible. You know, like even when you get them, even when you knock them down in the first or second round, like you laid a punch and you had them to a nine count on just knocking them out, and they freaking get right back up. And it's just like Bregman Alvarez, see ya. You played your best game in all bar park, beat our ace, and did everything you could do, and we're up one nothing. How does yeah? It I mean, I, so they're not the team of destiny. That's just who the Astros are. They're just that good, right? And like I, I, yeah. I said audibly, I was watching this alone, and when it happened, I just said out loud, I was like, I'm so sick and tired of watching them do this. Because I feel like I've seen, I feel like this is a rerun mm-hmm. of the last six years. At some point, a DS yeah, game, a CS before. game, right? Like it has happened. You just see, like Altuve, right? Lemayhu hits the homer in the ninth in the in game seven of the ALCS, and what was yeah. that, nineteen? And you're like, oh man, they're gonna win, and here comes Chapman, and then it's Astros. Like, no, no, we're good. 
we're good. We'll get a runner on, and Altuve is gonna. You're gonna hang a slider, and Altuve is gonna park it into the Crawford boxes, and this is no problem. It's like I, you've seen this so many times, and it's so frustrating. So the, the way that ninth unfolded though just does not sit well with me at all, at all. Um, yeah. So Paul Seawald replaces Andres Munoz, which um, Seawald's been kind of kind of nails for them, and he's had a really good year. Christian Vasquez leads off. You get the leadoff guy out, ground out the third or the first, I'm sorry. And then you get a pinch hitter, right? And Hensley. And 3 2, he backs up a slider. No, he runs a fastball in 3 2 and hits him, grazes the jersey. So you're kind of like tough luck. That's a shame. Altuve, you get to punch out. And now you have the rookie coming up next, right? And Jeremy Pena. I understand he's the tying run, but you know who's lurking on deck, Jordan Alvarez. And at this point, after Altuve strikes out and Pena comes up, they flash to the Mariners' bullpen and Robbie Ray's getting hot. So clearly they had had a discussion before the game that if Alvarez is up in a do-or-die situation, we're going Robbie Ray lefty on lefty. Now, even though you have that plan, this is where things started to kind of bother me. Even though you have that plan in my mind, don't you want to? You got two out, you're an out of way, you got a rookie at the plate. Don't you want to go after him? You paint a backdoor fastball and you go 0 1, right? And then you go slider, swing through, slider, bury, spits on it, take out of the hand. And as soon as he takes the chase slider out of the hand, I said, don't triple up. Don't triple up. You've gone backdoor fastball off the plate, slider swing through, chase slider that he sits on. He was leaning on that that third pitch of the at-bat out over. And to me, it was just like, he's the rookie. See if he's bold enough to open up there on fastball in. Throw the fastball. Throw the fastball. They don't. They triple up slider. It's off the plate. But again, he's leaning, so he singles to center, which tells you how much he's leaning because he doesn't just poke it to right for a base hit. He takes a slider that's pretty well executed, honestly. And that's when it usually – because pitch calling so much about execution, but when they execute and you get beat, like sometimes that's when you go, mm, is that, that's the ones that kind of that, – that, that leave a bad taste in your mouth because it's like I executed that and he still got me. And, he, and you know, he rips it to, to center and – and now here comes Jordan, so you go get Robbie Ray, who, look, I love Robbie Ray, but, man, if you're going to feed him fastballs, why wouldn't you let Seawald do it? Because Paul Seawald, from that angle, it's funky. So instead, you go Robbie Ray. The first pitch is a 94-mile-an-hour fastball that he's all over and fouls off. You got away with it there. I would have not – I don't know. Again, I hate to c- criticize pitch calling, but then you just throw the same pitch, and he hits it – to the moon and he's unbelievable i get that but to me they messed up in two places go get pena attack him more just go get him i would have went i would have went after him and that's the guy you kind of got to get there and as soon as you don't your spells trouble and then don't double up the fastball to Jordan Alvarez. i mean but he was on fire he had two doubles and a bomb i mean he's so i guess the it was a long single he had a long single and a, and a bomb and it and a double and he's just that's just who they are they're just too good and and i'm sorry you lose this one you're up seven three and 
Um, I would have felt the same way if the Phillies had blown this yesterday, like put a bow on it. Series, series over in my yeah, mind. Put it's, a bow on that's it. it. That's, that's if I'll, I'm prove me wrong, Seattle, please extend this thing, but I, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's a shame, but Mariners fans enjoy your game at, yeah. at home. You know, you got, you got the Astros C game and you played your A lost. game and you lost. And how do you come back from that? You know how deflating it is? And it's huge that they have an off day. Because they know. You know. Once, I mean, that that one hurts. Know. And you like, could they show Paul's, uh, Paul's service. Scott's service in the dugout when you were on hit it. And it was just like, I got, I was just like, oh, man. He, like, he's kicking. He's killing himself because he knew they had him. They had them. And and you beat Verlander in game one. And, and. You win that one, and you, you go up one nothing again. Just like I still think the Braves win their series, I still think the Astros would have beaten them. But still, the path to doing it becomes so much easier, and and that's just it's tough. Yeah, I just I, I don't know why you don't like elevate the four seamer either. Yeah, well, I think he was going you know, down like and in because you, Jordan, you Jordan attack- kind of struggles down and in, and he just mislocated. I mean, he's mislocated. Yeah, but that's as, like again. That's asking for like if anything in that situation, and maybe this is why you stick with Seawalt. Like I'm, tr- I like I'm telling Robbie Ray, like I want you so fine, and I want at the top of the zone that I want you to miss right. Like, if you're gonna it. double up, like it needs to be not like th- there's one thing you can't do. Part of the play, <laughs> like in this situation, you you can walk them. Two and it's like sure, you put okay, the sure. On time second, runs in scoring position, like. And again, that's why maybe I even let Seawall do it. Like Seawall, go pitch around him, and now I'm gonna yeah. like again runner on second. The guy had the guy had. I mean, the guy already had a bunch of RBIs. I, I don't know. Like it's like okay, I leave Seawall out there. I pitch around him. He walks. Now Bregman's got like yes, Bregman's really good, but now it's a tough righty righty matchup. I, I'm I'm gonna say it. No, we don't have enough listeners for it to matter. Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter on the planet, and with Aaron Judge having the season he had, Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter. One hundred percent. I'm kind of with you there. One hundred percent. There's no, and I don't care what Aaron Judge did this year because Jordan dealt with so many injuries, and it was almost he he was on the I, uh, the IL like four times. Five times, yeah. and he still hit three hundred, and he still he hit was pushing thirty. Him. Pumps? He was pushing Judge for like MVP early in the year. I mean, he had like a he had early like a fourteen hundred OPS at like at the start of June. Fourteen hundred. It was just like, and he does it lefty on lefty. He does it like it's just like when you watch him hit, like it's literally a cheat code. Like he was automatic, like come off the IL and hit a bomb, like game one. Like every time, in game two, like, three, and four. I, like I get it. Yeah, Judge had a great year. He had a great year. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but if Jordan stayed healthy, I don't think he would have won. He would win the MVP. I do not because he's a DH. All the stuff that Judge did, everything like that. But in terms of offensive production seasons, it would have been close. It would have been close. Jordan is that good. That good. That good. He's he's unbelievable. Um wow. 
two games in. We've gone a long time here. We thought it was going to be a short one. <laughs> Yankees-Guardians. Again, I don't have too much on these two games, which is kind of why I dove into these two because these two kind of were stock in my mind. Garrett mm-hmm. Cole was exactly what the Yankees needed. Again, I think Cleveland just offensively is overmatched in the series. They just don't have enough to get it. Like, when you look at the two offenses, that's what makes Cleveland overmatched. Like, because as good as Cleveland's yep. pitching is going to be, three runs isn't going to win you the series like it did in the wild card round, right? They scored three runs in that wild card mm-hmm. round and swept the Rays. Isn't going to happen, right? And they jump out last night, and you're like, oh, wow, like, you know, because Garrett Cole does what he does, and here's a 2 0 layup to Steven Kwan, and, you know, even he can pull side homer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's. Um, but then he was nails. He was terrific. He was fantastic. His pitch count was up a little bit, or else I think they would have ran him back out in the seventh just because of how shorthanded the Yankees' bullpen is. But then, you know, on the other side, Cal Quantrill was great. Like, five innings, four hits, three runs out of your three starter in the playoffs against that Yankees lineup is a fantastic job. But when you're not getting the support, that's what's going to make us so tough in the series for them. And then Rizzo hits the backbreaker. The two-run homer was a backbreaker, and you knew at that moment, you're like, they're not really going to – like, it's so hard for them to even get a rally going. Especially against an arm like Cole, it's like because they because their lineup right. Not and very and good. again, if Severino comes out and is in the zone and consistently is in the zone with you know two or three pitches, like it's going to be, I think, a rerun. Like the one game that the Indian or it is. the Guardians have a chance of stealing here to me is is the Bieber game. Yeah, yeah. I think again, I I think we. I mean, we just gaslight ourselves on our own podcast, but like if we we laid that out for a Yankees win, you have Tony right. Riz putting the team with two run Jack, you have Garrett Cole doing what he did, and that's a that, those were our two X factors, right? Now the Yankees have the advantage moving forward. You know they're at a great spot; they got their win, and if Tony Riz does that oh, all playoffs, man. their lineup is going to be okay. Their, their lineup is going to do Yeah, because now Walt Judge. Because Tony go, Riz has to right, be go that ahead guy. Walt Judge. Yeah. And it's it's just it's so and he's so even mm-hmm. keel and he's such a good leader and everything that he brings that's outside of the chalk lines. But when you can lean on that guy, like him getting hot is the one reason that I sit here and say they could take down the Astros. Yeah. If you have Anthony Rizzo playing like MVP Anthony Rizzo and beginning of the year this year, Anthony Rizzo, and Judge gives you any form of production because he's going to get everybody's best stuff, so you can't expect him to be MVP. And John Carlos Stanton can hit a couple pumps, and you know you get a little production from the bottom of the order. I mean, they won 4-1, and their guys, their quote-unquote guys, didn't do it. It was a Harrison Bader home run. Josh Donaldson went two for two, and he had that blunder. He would have had a double if he just gave, came out of the box hard. How about him giving a um, high five to the first base and then, coach? Brutal. Oh, did he? Brutal. <laughs> the first base coach obviously brutal. thought it was a pump, too. That was just obviously. so hard to see. But, I mean, all things considered, like, could you get any closer to get no. a home run? No, you couldn't. <laughs> But uh um, you got you got a right you know, field line ump. Like just look at him. Judge man. could just yeah, I mean judge 
went over and John Carlo didn't do anything and they still won. Right, and that's what's tougher. And I mean Guardians, you can't let I mean if Harrison Bader's if you're gonna let if you're gonna give up long balls to Harrison Bader, you got no you don't have any shot. The offense can't you can, offense no. can't sustain a guy like Harrison Bader driving in runs in this series. Can't happen. And again, like you see the recipe of why there's a possibility and again I think they win game two with Bieber on the mound is the fact that um like Cal, Cal Quantrill and, and their bullpen, they they uh, Judge was over three and Stanton was over four. But again, that's not going to be every night. So you better not let Harrison Bader go one for three with a homer. Continue to be it can't yeah. happen. And honestly, you can't have Donaldson going two for two either. Like because Stanton and, and Torres and Judge going goose eggs isn't going to happen all series. And you know, and, and they just rely too much on Ramirez. He is their offense. So. It'll be interesting. Um, and then, again, super chalky. Super chalky out in Chavez Ravine. Like, the Dodgers are just too much for the Padres to handle. They they own the Padres. And the Padres got their their their, uh, their three spot in the fifth, and, and they did it by stringing some things together, which was great. But again, it was the, the bottom part of that lineup. Um, uh, Myers going deep, and then Cronenworth came, and, and, and Nola coming through. Um, and Trent Grisham, shocker. But I, it, it's just like I, there was the reason I said Clevenger was my X factor here is because they needed kind of him to make a statement that they can play with them and and keep their momentum for the wild card round of upsetting the Mets. And he gives up five and and in three innings he doesn't make it out of the third. And that that was just kind of the death note, and the Dodgers. It, it almost looks like they're going to be able to cruise through this one. San Diego might steal one in San Diego, but mm, it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good, and and I mean, you got zero for seven out of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Just a reminder. No, it's insane. Trey <laughs> Turner, like, just was like, hey, yep, has a good game. There's not much you can do with that team because they can beat you. The odds you get nine, because it is nine guys right. on with right. their lineup. The odds you get nine guys to not produce on any given it's like night. Impossible. It's impossible. It's it, it, and it's not like we're asking. Like it's not like there's a Harrison Bader at the end of the lineup there. It's like their Harrison Cody Bader. Cody Bellinger is ever heard of him? MVP Cody. Well, Bellinger. that's the honestly. I saw someone make this point on Twitter. And it's just, it just shows how ridiculously good that organization is. Is the Dodgers have a center fielder who was a rookie of the year, MVP, probably on a Hall of Fame path, and he regressed beyond anyone's imagination to the point where he's like almost below replacement level, and it hasn't affected them at all. How many organizations could go through something like that? Have a player who you think is going to be the centerpiece of it, who is a top prospect, a rookie of the year, an MVP, and then regress as much as Bellinger does and not have it affect you even a little bit? Like, that's how good they are. And again, you're going to need some Mm -hmm. starting pitching heroics. And you're going to need some bullpen heroics. And super clutch hitting, that's how the Braves did it last year. That's how other teams have knocked them off. And, you know... In the DS, it's just like I don't know how you beat the Dodgers in the NLDS. Uh, they're going to be pencil them into the NLCS until we until we're dead. 
Yeah, or until Andrew Friedman dies. Either but one. Yeah. Same. Same thing. Either one. No, it's it's the Cody Ballinger situation is like you said, that that's a that is a legitimate death sentence for any team. Any team in the in the MLB. To have that guy just go down and it's just like you know, and I get it. The the financial flexibility is what allowed them to do that. You know, if they didn't trade for Mookie Betts and sign him for forever, and they didn't sign Freddie Freeman and and all the things that come the with financial, that, maybe you would need you would be maybe but it's the financial flexibility, Bollinger. it's the depth of the farm system, it's the depth of their pitching staff. It's all of it allows them to just absorb it. Yeah. It's everything. Yep, it's he is. You know, lost, but wait until he figures it out again. Which will probably, like, right. And that's the other thing, like, right around the corner could potentially, or not. And then, I don't know, in two years, they'll have someone else up there and you'll forget his oh, name. I guarantee he'll get traded to some. The Rangers. He'll get traded to some yeah. big market before he freaking flames out. And, and then you'll sit there and everybody, and he'll probably be a mess. Nah, let's be yeah. honest. Um, yeah. And then he's going to flame out and then tank and then everybody's gonna be like this guy sucks right remember when i could see him being a right like remember when remember when he was a rookie and it's just like dude like the fall from grace for him now again this might be a conversation for another day but dislocated shoulders i think impact hitters a lot more long term than people than even the anybody would realize like I, i just think the dislocated shoulder just did something to him. I, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you what it is. I mean, I think he's always had mechanical flaws. I think he's just being exposed more now. But you don't go from hitting three thirty with power to this if you always had mechanical flaws. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's uh, yeah, weird. yeah. I mean, it's so hard, and he had he always had so many moving parts. Um. That you could, there was always holes. I mean, if you remember his rookie year, he had that great year, and then he just got always absolutely holes. exposed in the postseason. Exposed, he was awful. Do you remember that? So there's always been holes there. So, yep. Obviously, th- there's been some issues there, but yeah, I mean, injuries have been an issue. He, he hasn't been healthy in a long time. I feel like, like every year, it's something new. The shoulder wasn't there. Didn't he have a a hand? He had a hand, I believe, a couple years ago too. And, and I think he's had some lower body stuff. He finished wicked hot. Yeah, though. I mean, but yeah, that's just how good he they are. Last fifteen games, he had three. That's how good they are, and it's just it's kind of like the Astros, where it's like it, it's going to be tough for the Padres here. Now, you, again, you need you need Darvish and Snell to kind of be able to get eighteen outs and keep you in a ball game. And and if there is one spot to get the Dodgers, it's going to be in the middle innings. So we'll see, but I, it doesn't. I don't know how you feel, but it, it, it doesn't. If this does, I feel like we're everything we've predicted is is in is in pretty good shape, right? The Phillies and Braves feel like it's going to be a long series, which you know, I believe. Let's see, you had them in four, I had that going five. Dodgers, we both had in four. Um, Astros, we both had in three. Yankees, I'm surprised you had in five. I I had in four, but I, it feels pretty feels pretty spot on. That one might be three. It could be three. I th- I still th- I think Bieber did I have the Astros in yeah, three right yeah that, that's yeah. the one I feel yeah, best about I but I think that, that 
I, I do think the Guardians can steal yeah. one. I think they can steal the Nestor Nestor Bieber game. I really do. I just don't think Nestor's gonna be able to match zeros for as long as Bieber can. Bieber might be able to go out there and throw eight shutty and limit them. But then Nestor, you every time you blink, you're getting a notification that Nestor's gone seven and a third with twelve strikeouts and I know. I know, but I, I, I every time we I blink know. this year. Every time I know, he and does I, it. So it wouldn't shock me if if Anthony Rizzo right. or John Carlos Santon hits yeah. a two run home run and and that Indians two lineup nothing, cannot right. do anything against it's two nothing. It's two one. So I I don't know. I'm, can I? I wish I could change that one to three. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of do too, but but I didn't want to. I I kind of wanted to be like the opposite of like you know, like I I said a buzzsaw in right. Houston and like you know I'm like I, we need some competition here. But I mean, it's it's Astros Yankees all the way, and I'd be shocked if if it's not. agreed. Shocked because I really do think, unfortunately, Seattle's dead. And then the NL, I think it's the Dodgers and the Braves still super chalk, just like we said, but. Was it, are we are we Dodgers? Is it like like what is what's the probability of Dodgers Astros at this point in time in your gut feel? Sixty percent chance. Is that a lot? Is that too much? That might be too much. Fifty five percent. I don't know because I feel like it's too much, but because I, I mean it's, it is too much because you know, the Braves I mean, are a really many? good team and I, the Braves could beat the Dodgers. Um, yeah, I just it's it's hard to go back to back when you've played you know uh, agreed how many games right. two hundred games on, on a calendar year and I'd be like you beat the Dodgers once like you but the, but the Astros keep doing it you better you better hang you right better the Astros keep doing on. it yeah but the Astros outside of twenty seventeen where tw- <sighs> where they've taken two years off right eighteen and twenty. 17. so I guess they're odd year it's an even year so maybe the Astros don't go to the World Series this year. Right, because seventeen they win it, nineteen they lose to the Nationals, twenty one they lose to the Braves. Yeah, I guess they would go back to back. So I, I mean, it's the same in terms of games played. It's the same exact thing as the Braves are dealing with. So I'm going to keep going down. I was very go. firm when I first said it. I guess I'll go fifty percent at this point, which is still a lot. You're talking about there's eight teams left in the tournament. And I'm talking about a fifty percent chance that it's going to be Astros Dodgers. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Who's less likely to get there? Who's less likely to get there? Dodgers. Dodgers or Astros. I'm sorry. I think that and that has less to do with the Dodgers and the Astros and more to do with the Braves and the Yankees. I agree. I, I everything tells me that, but like I don't Because to me, know. like I still see a problem with this Yankees line. That's like so again, hard. what if Judge doesn't get hot in the playoffs? I do, yeah. What if Rizzo is the only one carrying like Glaber Torres is hitting third? Stanton hasn't looked right all year. Waldo Cabrera hit fifth last night. Right? Cole, yeah, that's right. Ugly. what if Severino is – we've seen Severino in the playoffs before. It's 12 outs. What if that's what we get? How do you match up with Houston? You don't. And the bullpen with Scotty Efros being – that's a huge deal. Huge deal. It might not matter in yeah. this series, but it sure as heck is going to matter in the CS. So – that's why I think like Atlanta, Atlanta can do it. Atlanta's yeah. lineup's almost as equal, like I, I, almost as deep as the Dodgers lineup. When you look at it, I agree, and and it just yeah, I, I guess I just got caught up in the fact that the break, you know, like it's hard to you know get to back to back World Series, but the 
like you said, the Astros do it every other year. <laughs> the Astros do it on call, <laughs> which, do it on which call. is they're just I, like like again another reason why like sorry Yankees, but like the Yankees had that like I think it was 2019 ALCS. The game was oh Lemayhew hits the Oppo Taco, and it's like this is still prime Chapman year. It's like game, game. Astros are done. Nope. Nope. Walk. Yeah, but it's like, it, and that's the other thing is like, when you think about like, because every time you obviously win a World Series or, or there's World Series champions, like you think about the team that won. It's like every year, it's the people that didn't win beat the Astros. Like the Nationals beat the Astros. The Braves beat the Astros. It's like. They're always there, right? And outside like of the f- every every World Series highlight from the last eight Astros. years in Houston, right? Like- and like that's why I said like I'm so <laughs> sick and tired of seeing it just because like I want something different. But I'm completely impressed by it, and it's insane. Obviously, it's unbelievable. it's unbelievable. But I mean, again, I think, uh, yeah, I just who's the least likely team to get to the World Series left. Right yeah, now, to me, it's between I think three teams. Out of who's up, it's the Mariners, right? Which is again that, then that right? And I ask you that to kind of prove my point. Yeah, I would say seconds the Guardians, right? I, which goes against my 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 know, point, which I didn't want you to keep them. going there because I was trying to make my point even more. But it's like, <laughs> who's the least like? Who would you be the most shocked by? It's the Mariners Can because it, they're having to play the Astros. Could we could we also put to the fact that I think all three of them I would put at less than one percent. Yeah, you're talking about the Guardians, the Mariners, and the um, Padres. Well, I guess I could say Me four too. then. I was going to say four, less than one percent. Yeah. yeah, at less than one percent. Like, and I would love to know what Vegas odds are. Yeah, I'm sure you could get really good money on a, on a future like, ticket for any of those four teams you just named. For like, if you even the Phillies, like if anybody's well, willing to right, get right, the Phillies, on the us, Phillies win this round. They'll put five dollars right, because if Phillies. the Phillies win this round, it's plausible. Just getting the World Series. That, I hear you. I'm saying the Phillies winning this round is plausible. Yeah. No shot. <laughs> if they have to go to LA, right? He's <laughs> yeah. them. no shot. If, and I know, look, I get it. They won the season series. Doesn't matter. No shot. Well, that's like that's like the Padres beating the Dodgers. It was like the Mets. I could see beating the Dodgers. You know, you could see it. Sure, happening. Degrom and Scherzer. The Padres that always like, happen. Right to me, the Braves in the NL were the best team know. to beat the Dodgers all along. Now weird things have happened, right? The Dodgers yep. lost in nineteen. They lost in twenty one. They've been a great team for all this year. Hey, that get... Nationals team was really no good. question. And the Braves were really good in twenty. I'm just saying it can. Ha- it ha- unlike the yep. Astros, where it's like they're just in the World Series. It's whether or not Astros win the World Series. The Dodgers have fall- tripped and fallen in the NLCS. Yeah. The AL has been weak for a while now, though. And the Astros like. are that good. Yes, the AL has not been great. Because yeah, the NL maybe East it, is it weird. It hasn't been weak. Or the AL East has been weird. Weird. Because like, you have the rate, like the Red Sox winning in 18. Both have been weird. And what's crazy people forget is that the Red Sox were in the ALCS last year. Yeah. Which is why that division's so yeah, that weird. That caught me off guard. Right. 
Astros whipped up on the Red Sox in the ALCS last year. It might have went seven, actually. How many games Alex did that Hora go? Is... Do you remember? Stall for probably me while I seven, researched. and it was probably a walk-off. It was probably a walk-off home run by you know the Dodgers. No Astros. Like they weren't going to win, but everybody or by the Astros when it seems like they weren't going to win, but everybody knew deep down that they were absolutely gonna six win. games. It was like when, when I pulled games. up the box score yesterday, and I saw Alvarez was up as the winning run, like. You oh, know how like there's people that are guarantee. like, oh, I said he yeah, was going to no, hit a home it run. Just, you knew it. It felt like a guarantee. which again was like I I literally put the audio on in my head like to listen to because I was like I- I'm not going to miss. Yeah, this. well, and that was and then he hit it and I yeah. was like, well, and okay. that literally I was like I'm so okay. sick and tired. Of this. <laughs> I was like you did because it. again like it was just like, that's why to me it was just so frustrating. Like you have to get Pena out, have to. And great job by Pena for selling out. Because when you hit a line drive, again, yeah. if you hit a line drive, base hit up the middle on a slider off the plate, then there's an issue there. But all right. Enjoy the rest of the, the games. We'll uh, we'll get back on here here soon and uh, probably getting ready for some CSs at that point. Some of these series might be over. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Make sure to share. Subscribe. Press the like button. Tell us how much you love us or hate us. Um, And if you're listening in Canada, God bless.